Welcome to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing for Law Firms podcast, featuring the latest strategies and techniques to drive traffic to your website and convert that traffic into clients. Now, here's the founder and CEO of 10 Golden Rules, Jay Berkowitz. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time this podcast finds you, welcome to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing for Law Firms podcast. We have a great episode today. I was at Great Legal Marketing with my friend, Dr. Kane Elliott, and he is the head legal futurist at Filevine, and he's creating real artificial intelligence products. And there's a lot of hype out there about AI, but this guy's actually building AI He's a you know rock star computer science computer scientist has a whole team of people and it's it's a fantastic conversation. I hope you'll enjoy it. We cover things like you know what is AI? What what is it really? What are some great AI tools for personal productivity? He talks about the actual products they're building for Filevine. They just launched a new product where you can do AI as an immigration attorney, and he built it as a personal passion play. Some of the new things that are coming up over at Filevine, and Filevine, of course, is a case management system, if you don't know. You know, I always like to cover a, a few personal things when I meet interesting people in the legal realm, things like his hobbies and passions and what podcasts he listens to and some of his best business books. You know, sit down, relax, or keep going on your run or your treadmill, wherever you are, and enjoy my conversation with Filevine's Dr. Kane Elliott. Kane just got off stage. Dr. Kane, congratulations. That was awesome. Thank you. It was, it was a lot of fun. And Jay, I have to say your talk uh, on the first day right after my arrival. I caught that as well, which was fantastic. So a lot of fun here. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a great uh, few days here at GLM. Great legal marketing. I guess it's a mastermind yes. and, and sessions and whatnot. So it's really been great. So, you know, I'd like you to start, you know, at, at the bottom and kind of we'll work our way up in terms of sophistication, complexity, and whatnot, you know, at the very basics, like what is artificial intelligence? It's a good place to start. I think for a lot of people, it's very confusing because, you don't normally we don't talk through those things. People just see AI everywhere and it sounds like a magical thing or a black box. And so one of the things that's most important to me for people in the space and those working in the legal profession is to eliminate some of that black box effect and the feeling. I think what that creates and what I was talking about on stage is for a lot of people that creates a feeling of either this is panacea, best thing never happened, or it's an object of terror, best to be avoided. And like other, most things that human beings create, it's just gray somewhere in the middle. And so it's important to remember that artificial intelligence is for the most part, a set of techniques that people have developed that are supposed to enable machines to perform more complex cognitive tasks, whether that means extracting certain pieces of data or whether that means completing phrases. The most common example I give everybody for a starting point is everybody that I know has already interacted with AI, even if they don't know it. And the reason they've done that is because one, as you know, in the marketing space, they get that in their feed in plenty of different places where there's AI um, arranging the way they're going to view certain things. So there are algorithms behind that. And so Facebook's picking what to show you next yeah. using AI. Google's using AI to or I think the most deliver famous search ex- results. Famous example right now is TikTok is 
all about using yeah. AI all the time to deliver what video you see next. And I'm not on TikTok, but I hear it's quite addictive on that basis. I'm not a TikToker, but yeah. I noticed YouTube has gotten really good. Yes. You know, like in my feed is, you know, stuff about marketing and right. AI and Winnipeg Jets, my hockey team, yes. and the Miami Dolphins, my football team. Yeah. And then I guess they know based on how long I've watched videos and stuff, what, what I want to see next. Yeah. And the main, I think the main thing that other people have interacted with before too, is everybody's used an autocomplete in their text messages or emails where it starts a response you should give. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like if, if you use Gmail, yeah. you start a sentence and, it and it'll try yeah, to or, complete it. Or if you do a Google search, it completes your search and it shows you yeah. suggestive search. We've actually yeah. figured out how to hack that and get our client in the first spot or the second spot. For Google's suggestive search. Well, and I, but that's another webinar. Yeah, but so <laughs> and that's not AI. No, yeah, but the most important thing about AI for people to understand is it's a set of techniques that are utilized in order to allow machines to perform tasks where you haven't had to give all the instructions in advance, and that's really the critical difference. Everybody has experienced working with computers and machines in every part of their life, where the goal was how do I tell this machine that otherwise doesn't know what steps need to be taken perform an action or get a set of information I need. And what you're trying to enable with artificial intelligence is allow the machine itself to figure out those steps without you giving all the instructions. It's the, that's the basic process. When I'm presenting, I, I try and explain that AI has evolved. And the first time I really, really opened my eyes was when IBM's Deep Blue beat the world chess champion, Gary Kasparov. Yes. And then five or six years later, AI won Jeopardy against Ken Jennings and the, yes. the other Jeopardy champions. Now it seems like everything's AI and you started, yeah. you, you touched on that a minute ago. Is it a, really AI or is it just become sexy to say that you do AI in, in your marketing? It's both. It's both. So from what I've seen, there's a lot of nonsense AI out there. One that's oh, just not even AI. I mean, I've seen companies that are selling AI that's actually just outsourced humans typing somewhere. <laughs> that stuff really worries me. So when people will say, for example, you know, our AI is best in class. And I say, okay, so if I give you triple the amount of work, am I going to get the work product back in the same amount of time? And they say, no, then it would extend three to five days longer. That sounds a lot more like human throughput than it does machine throughput. So there's some of that, not a lot in the legal space, at least, but there is some of that. There is a lot of it that's just attached hype or useless plugins where Every program says it has some kind of chat and GPT plugin with no sense of why that would be valuable or efficacious to use. So we are going through a cycle that's like that. I think what's a little bit different is I don't think it's a cycle that is going to be a bubble in the same way that like everybody's hype around, let's say, cryptocurrency was, where no one can find a real purpose or use for it, but everybody wanted to be part of it. Um, this is quite different because as I was showing today on stage, you can look at direct impact on your work and work product and quality and ability to work. Um, and so I think here you don't have to, with AI, you're not searching for a reason to utilize it. You're searching, a lot of people right now are searching for ways of, could I avoid it or avoid it touching my life? And I think the answer there is no, but also it's not, there's not a necessity to create use cases. So it's a bit different. Yeah. And we're just getting started. That's the thing. It feels like it's everywhere in a, in a hype bubble, but in fact, we're right at the start. Well, actually, I loved how you, you drilled it down and you said, you know, look, think of it. This is a tool that's going to uh, remove repetitive tasks. 
it's a great tool for keeping your team up to date yeah. on projects. Like we'll get into products that you've built, but you know, what are some of those basics that people should use? Like even chat GPT, you know, what did I do the other day? Uh, I used it to write a job description, mm-hmm. you know, and that in the old days I used to gather five or six job descriptions that I'd find on the internet and then write it up together, myself. Right. I mean, it wrote a darn good job description, Yes, but I gave it good instructions. I gave yes. it good, we call it prompts, right? Yeah. In AI. I always try and explain to people like chat GPT uses AI, mm-hmm. but it, it's not AI. It's not, there's a whole world of AI. It happens to be one of many products. Right. How do you differentiate those things for people so they yeah. understand? There's open AI with chat GPT. There's BARD. That's another large language model that Google provides. It does it. There's Claude from Anthropic. There are a lot of those out there. I think. What's really useful for people to, to try different things, experiment with what works well in their field. One of the things I said on stage, which I'm a really firm believer in, is I personally, and just as a matter of what I tell professionally to, to our clients, whatever you're going to use, whether it's our tech or someone else's, I am very nervous about any service that's supposedly free. I think if you're giving your data somewhere, Good point. you would know this best from from the explosion of social media world where we always said to people, you know, if uh, you're not paying for the product, you're the products. I don't think that changes in the AI world. So I always tell our clients, I said, whatever it is, make sure you know who the vendor is, can know what the funding model is or what, how they're monetizing and make sure uh, if you can, if it's possible, pay for what you're using. You'd rather that be the incentive that you have with the company rather than aggregating and collecting all your data, especially if you're a law firm uh, putting your clients' data anywhere, this is one of the you know most important responsibilities you have your clients is to protect their data. And so if you're doing that kind of work, get a model that's paid for, pay for the service, and know what they're doing with your data and where it's going. No, I love that. And I'll, I'll just re- rephrase it, yeah. how I got it when you explain it on stage. If you're not paying for the product, you're the product. Correct. So if you've got like a free AI, not LinkedIn, but it's like a, yeah. there's a bunch of tools out there that whole databases plugins and if it's like free and, yeah. and you, you get this utility from it yes like you're saying you're the product so it, what it's actually doing is gathering your data I, I would imagine that's the only reason they would offer it because the compute power required to do these things is a cost it's expensive so there's no reason to think that it's being provided to you as a kind of gift monetizing it somehow yes it has to be monetized somehow yeah that's awesome so what are some of the best AI tools for personal productivity? If you're in the Google Workspaces arena, I think that's going to be very powerful with uh, things they already have. For example, you can watch online about ways to, well, let's get very basic. Everybody has suffered through, and if they haven't, I think they're just not admitting it to someone, but everybody's suffered through, you, you just said about a job description. No matter what your area of work is, everyone has suffered through the blank page problem. I think there's the old phrase of Nietzsche, like when you stare into the abyss, it looks back in at you. And that's how a blank page feels to people, right? It's like a blank page is so intimidating for our brains. It's tough to work with. That's why, you know, you have paper notes. I like to take basically paper style notes on my tablets and things because for whatever reason, that blinking little icon to start a page on a document is intimidating. So I think if you can use it in places that just get you over that initial hump of the blank page, that's a really simple place to start, but one that's very useful. And the blank pages for work projects or for, you know, blogs and creative projects. I've seen people that. use it for journaling, it, which sounds odd because it's like supposed to be some kind of personal 
thing, but if, if it helps get you over the initial fear of getting something on a page and then you say, no, 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 none of that's right. That's not how I am inside. It's still helpful. So yeah. I think things where it helps stop, you know, the kind of writer's block or what I always call the internal self-critical voice where you start writing something, then delete it all, yeah. start it again, delete it all, start it again. Everybody starts presentations. They write that way. Yeah. I always have too many ideas and too many slides in my presence. I don't find myself in that yeah. very often, but I, but I do find that the colleagues very much feel that way often. And so I think that's really helpful for people. I also think I stress this on stage today, but I think summarization technology get take large amounts of information, put those back into format where you can digest. I don't think that's the answer of the AI doing the work for you. I think what it's doing is giving you a better starting point to say, where do I need to focus my attention and energy? All of us, I don't care what field you're in. It's a circumstance of living in 2023. There's too much digital detritus everywhere in our lives. You and I have got LinkedIn messages people send us today, texts, got emails. People will call in on the phone. Just from Some of my groups use WhatsApp, use for, Facebook right. groups, chat. From everywhere. My and family so, uses text groups. Yeah. So anywhere you can get summarization that'll get, get you caught up to speed and where you think you need to focus your attention, that's yeah. really helpful. I even love a new tool we're using at the office. So Zoom has a built-in function now, or if you have enterprise-level Zoom, you can have AI summarize the meeting as it goes. Or if you jump in five minutes later, it'll tell you what's already been going on. That's um, really cool. Yeah. Small things like that, that really have yeah. a big impact. Yeah. There's so much utility to a lot of these tools. Yeah. So I don't want to get too far into this conversation and not talk about the products you're building. Yes. But maybe just start as a baseline because some of the smaller firms don't even have case management. Yes. And so Filevine is case management, mm -hmm. but explain what that is very simply and then explain what demands AI, the AI built onto your product. Yeah. So we have, so Filevine, the Filevine core product is a case management platform, which is project management for your law firm. So it puts together a lot of things, uh, tasks for you and your team to track in there, deadlines, things you can't miss, helps with calendaring and docketing of items, provides a document management system that's there as well. We have a document assembly tool. So for your form documents that you're creating all the time, it can help you do that. Yeah. So the simple thing is if a case comes in, yes. there's a whole bunch of documents mm -hmm. and then there's a whole bunch of work that has to be assigned to people. And does it pre-assigns like standard operating procedures? Like yes. you do this, you do this, and then you can customize it. That's right. And yeah. everybody puts that in, curates that for their workflow within their organization. And we can utilize that. We have a, as you mentioned, we have a demands AI tool, which is to help, especially, you know, on plaintiff side and PI attorneys that need to get demands out of high quality. We help utilize AI and outside service providers to facilitate that process. So it basically reads out. all those case files yes. and it'll write a demand letter. I've seen the examples. Yes. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's pretty exciting stuff. And, um, those medical chronologies, medical chronologies, and we've really curated a different set of what we call AI fields that can process all kinds of documents that you're likely to encounter in your practice, whether that's personal injury practice or you're a of counsel for corporate counsel practice. And you've got to do that with your contracts. And so we try to curate all of those to help attorneys also get over the issue of, well, I'm not a prompt engineer. And I've always told people, I don't think you want to become a prompt engineer. I think you want to become an attorney. I didn't believe 10 years ago when everybody said, oh, all attorneys will become coders. 
Thank God that didn't happen. No, no. Attorneys <laughs> don't want to become coders. And I don't think attorneys want to become prompt engineers right now, despite what yeah. there might be in the media. People saying, well, I'll become prompt engineers in our job. I think you go to a service provider like us or another to say, you guys provide great prompts so that we're getting better yeah. results. Yeah, I don't look at it that way at all. Like To me, the AI removes the necessity of being a computer programmer. Correct. It gives you the benefit of the computer programs. That is the hope. Yeah. I should quote that. <laughs> Probably not that good. Look, I come from a foreign land yeah. and a lot of people don't believe me, but I'm from Canada. True story. And, I mentioned it to Dan's yeah. <laughs> And I'm an immigrant. You know, like I had to go through immigration. Mm -hmm. We got a series of different visas over yeah. the years and then applied for a green card, got the green card. And I worked with a lot of immigration lawyers and I know your favorite new project yes. is an immigration product. And this is your newest product. It's announced, right? It's, it's, we're not, it's announced. It's out. There. We're not we're scooping it. Or, or this no. is not the scoop. It's, no, no, no. But it is. It, tell us about that product. It is a passion project and obsession for us. We have just, we have, you know, first of all, if you go around the five line offices, about half the office, when you talk to somebody, immigration has somehow been a part of or impacted their lives really greatly. So I, you know, I talked to our CEO, Ryan Anderson. He said, if you don't think there's anything out there really solving for this, go build it. And so we sat down for eight months to build it. And what we've, great. what we've done is try to take all those documents that you're giving to your immigration attorney and extract the information and make sure that it's all matching and valid between the documents and what you end up submitting to the government. And we've also provided but that. But this is for immigration lawyers, not for, immigration not for the Not for the immigrants, it's not a consumer facing. It's, it's for the attorneys yeah. to, to get the job done. And the really the reason we're passionate about that is we think, especially in immigration law, the most important thing you can be doing is working with your client, communicating with them, providing that service that they know somebody's in the corner, not figuring out if there are errors in PDFs in between versions. And so that's a place where the computer can be really impactful and our technology can find errors, remove them, improve the quality control uh, on those submissions. And then also, Again, allow lawyers to get back to lawyering instead of saying the main part of my job is figuring out PDF widgets. I think PDFs are, I, look, PDFs are the clay tablets of our modern society. <laughs> they're, they're actually, they're really difficult to edit, work with, yeah. uh, move things around, get them right. So to any, any way we can help take out errors, improve people's lives. And we really believe that, look, getting people to their dream job, if it's an employment immigration issue, or getting their families together. We think that's the right kind of work we need to be doing to facilitate justice. So we're very passionate about it and care very deeply. Um, and so, yeah, my team spent the last eight months building this, really improved that process. So you did a great job of keeping this really simple for, for, for this conversation and, and on stage today. But you also speak at a lot of the IT conferences and whatnot. So maybe drop a little nugget for someone who's a more, little bit more sophisticated what are the, some of the things you're developing or what are some of the more advanced things that you talk about? I think that the most important thing going on is to make sure that we're building things that are multimodal, meaning um, first, can we process all kinds of different things that may come into your firm? So that includes between text, uh, audio, videos that come in. Are we able to apply AI to all of the different types of uh, material or discovery that may come in during a case you're working I think that that's essential. I think that the other thing is when I say multimodal, I mean, also, can we take our data and point it at different models where it works best? So we're at the very beginning of this journey. 
everybody is. And I think the way that different major tech providers are going to distinguish themselves is by excelling in certain domains. There may be some that excel with medical records. There may be some that excel with transactional financial documents. And our goal as a provider in a specific vertical is to say, are we giving you the right brew of those different models to make sure every time you give us a piece of information, we're pinpointing it in the right place? Because um, not everything is an LLM question and a large language model issue. Not everything is just a data science question, but it's the question of getting that composition right so that we're putting the right tech in at the right place at the right time. Awesome. Well, you know, just a couple personal questions to wrap up. What are your personal hobbies and passions? So I am obsessed with reading uh, history all the time. Because when I think about tech and my day job, I think about it in long trajectories of human life. Like when I thought about our contract life cycle management tool, um, I was thinking about Ornamu and, and ancient Samaria of the first <laughs> laws that are written on these clay tablets. And can we get past that? Yeah. So I like to think long trajectory. I, so I love history. I especially love uh, ancient Near East, um, reading all the time about that. Languages of antiquity. So spend a lot of time in history because I think that technologists who don't are really doing a disservice to their ability to be creative. I really do believe Great. the line is nothing new under the sun. I think that's still valid. So I think if you don't understand those long trajectories or think everything you're doing in tech is just novelty, um, it just means you haven't read enough about the history of humanity and it gives better insight into people's thoughts and motivations behind what are great movers, what happens. So yeah. iPhone pictures are just a sleeker version of cave drawings, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of the apps that you use like for personal productivity and just for a little bit of fun? So my team, we run on Fileline, obviously with our productivity piece, but we also use Discord all the time. That's how like we, we like to chat as a team. Yeah which I know most people that are familiar with Discord will be familiar with their kids using it for gaming chats, but it's actually a really great productivity yeah. tool for chat. Better, different than Slack? Uh, so do you know Slack? Yes, we use Slack in the company too, yeah. um, but Discord just tends but to be... the cool kids use Discord. It's just a little more fun, yeah. uh, easier way to broadcast to each other, which we like a lot. Also, Slack is now owned by Salesforce. It's not really my jam. Okay. If you're in okay. that world, that's great, but it's a little different that uh, makes with sense. my team. And no, I love trying new things all the time. Yeah. Um, I always want to see what, what somebody's doing that's creative or interesting or different ways of organizing stuff. I think for personal productivity outside of legal, MEM is a really exciting company. If you've ever seen MEM, uh, MEM.ai, they're doing some really interesting stuff of trying to create like your second mind. So I think everybody's used a million different note-taking tools over the years, but I think they're doing some really exciting stuff of, of rethinking what's happening in that space for personal productivity. So you, you mentioned this on the stage and I, I wanted to ask you, but I'll, I'll share it with everybody. You said that when your phone rings, yes, it asks people that you have an app that asks them who if they I are. know their number. If they're not in your contacts? Yes. Yeah. What, what app is that? that that's Google is doing that. Oh, so it's just a Google voice app. On my Pixel, the Google oh, AI. Oh, you've got a Pixel. Okay. Yes. And the Google AI will pick up and start and say, I don't have this number in there, but I know you're calling Dr. Payne. What would you like to talk about? And then it'll ask me if it, want, it should pass through the call yeah. or just uh, send it off to voicemail. Yeah. 
That's great. Uh, if anybody knows how I can do that on my iPhone, let me know. You should demand that Apple does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be an app for I'm that, sure right? I'm sure they will, yeah. And what podcasts do you listen to or are there any, any YouTubes you watch? I really like following. So different teams very often have their product teams do their release calls with what they're thinking of. So I have way too many of those in my yeah. feed of just different stuff that random people are building at places like uh, the kids over at Notion. If anybody's used Notion before, they've, they've got great product release videos where they talk about what they do. Also on think my YouTube is way too many conversations and documentary pieces again about the history yeah. that I, I love. It feeds watching. back what you like. It feeds back what videos I like. Videos like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think, I think that's a great place. There's also a lot of the providers right now are doing a really great job of having more, let's say less technical breakdowns for people who aren't in the field and doing it of trying to communicate what's going on. Um, so I would say, yeah, at any time in the last 10 years is certainly the best time to get any kind of content you want on AI, but there's just a lot of it out there. So it's hard to, to sift through. Um, so I would say focus on, I don't know, if you like listening to Jeffrey Hinton, who is a big engineer at Google and he's worried about doomsday right now with AI. That's what gets you locked in and interested first. Listen to some of those. Yeah. You'll hear some ideas and concepts and they'll talk about something like backpropagation. So what the hell is a backpropagation? And then go Google that, do that rabbit hole and enjoy that journey because there's plenty of people who want to explain it in non-technical ways. Yeah. Do you have any go-to business books? Like what do you recommend to the young members of your team? Or So on my team, when we read things like that, this will come as no shock based on what I've just said, but we tend to read things that talk about strategy, but not necessarily within a business context. So uh, I think that uh, one of my favorites right now that we're reading is, is on the strategy of the Roman Empire that we have as a team read. Totally different context about moving troops and armies and the rest of it. But in terms of execution and how you pull things off, there are you know, lessons that you pick up from these things that don't change over time, right? So we, we've, we've done that. Motivating people and organizing people. Yeah. And it hasn't changed all that much. And we do a lot of reading about to... the, the history of work and yeah. labor and how it's changed. Um, I think, like I said, I, I'm always worried about technology thinking about itself as a domain or an area of human practice that doesn't have a history, right? This is one of the things that people get annoyed with, with tech bros, if we can say that, of like, we just invented the world today with a new release. No. No, labor and human <laughs> interactions have a long history. So the history of work is yeah. one we read through um, last year. There are, there are great anthropologists and sociologists who do that kind of work. And I think those lessons are essential because even if you think that your domain is really different, it's it usually very rarely is it that case. You may have new possibilities and potentialities that open up based on what you use. Yeah. But the fundamental dynamics of humans working together, what moves people, motivates them, has them change history, has them change their own circumstances. I feel like those are really constant. That's great. Last question. Yeah. Where can people find you? Contact info. Yes. So very simple. It's so fileline.com. Go there and check us out. Fileline, F-I-L-E-V-I-N-E.com. I'm on Twitter occasionally or X or whatever it's supposed to be called now. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, Kane, like killed Abel, Elliot, E-L-L-I-O-T-T. -T. So you can find me on there and Thank you again, Jay, for having me on. And I also want to say you did a great job here. And um, I appreciate it too when you were sharing with everybody about how Google is changing. Because I think 
AI and what kind of impact it's going to have on the marketing space is going to be massive. And it's a really unknown right now in terms of how it's going to impact. I was telling somebody here, just a brief aside, I had curated for I don't know, the better part of eight years, a feed on from my Google News feed of uh, legal and legal yeah. tech. And all in order, I've been working for years. Yeah. And then I start seeing AI-generated articles infiltrating this yeah. with essentially spam of regurgitated yeah. content and have had to been tweaking that over and over again. And I would say, you know, uh, that's why people need also your expertise in tracking in that kind of domain to make sure they can stay on top of that because it's going to be a really frothy, wild period and how that changes as well. So everybody's going to need a lot of guidance on it too. Yeah, no, there's definitely fake news. And yes, I agree with you. It's irritating when it's regurgitated and useless and, yeah, and time consuming and help everybody navigate. Yeah. What does the click mean when it's being diverted to clicks that are full of, of fake profiles and things? So it's it's going to be a really fun inventive Look, we, we have the blessing of not living in boring times. This is a good thing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And uh, great to see you and catch up. Likewise. Thanks, Jake. Thank you for listening to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing for Law Firms podcast. Please send questions and comments to podcast at 10goldenrules.com. That is podcast at 10goldenrules.com. 